He is only the second batsman in cricket history to have made half-centuries on debut in all three formats of the game, Tests, One-Day Internationals and T20s, and the only South African to score seven fifties in his first 14 One-Day International innings. Rassie van der Dussen has taken the road less travelled to the top of the game. He made his ODI debut at 29 and his Test debut at 30, having ground out a career in the backwaters of local cricket. Unlike prodigies that emerged straight from high school and into the national setup, Van der Dussen took the better part of 12 years to find his way into the international stage. But when he arrived, he showed that he belonged. I'm Craig Ray, and it's a pleasure to welcome Rassi onto the Maverick Sports Podcast this week. Did you ever think your international chance would come? Yeah, you know, look, as, as a sportsman, it's it's something that that you you work for for long. You you dream about ever since you were a little boy, and I never let go of that dream and and that goal. I, even though I was a bit older when I made my debut, um, I, I continue to to try and um, yeah improve myself as a player and and do do what I can do and and hope that the rest will will take care of itself. Let's go back a little bit. What was your school career like? Were you a Nuffield player? Were you one of those those sort of kids at school that people said, "Yeah, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna make it"? Or, or where did you fit in into the school setup? You know, cricket early on was probably my, my passion. I, I did play a few other sports. I did play rugby at primary school and and high school. I played tennis and, and hockey. But yeah, pretty early on, I, I noticed that, um, that that cricket was a passion of mine, and, and I pursued it uh, as such. And and I had a little bit of talent. I wouldn't say I was the most talented uh, player necessarily, but um, I worked pretty hard at it, and, and obviously I enjoyed it. So it wasn't didn't feel feel too too much like like work and, and sacrifice. Um, but yeah, I played provincial teams um, so throughout high school. I went to Wasco Menlo Park uh, in Pretoria, um, played Northerns under 15 and under 17, and and then I was I was a year early in school. So by the time I finished matric. Uh, I was 17, and uh, that year I really set my sights on on making the Northerns on the 19 team, which didn't happen, um, unfortunately, at that stage. And and I had to uh, to face a you know a difficult decision mm. because the union said to me that listen, if you want to play, we know you finished school, but if you want to play Coca-Cola Kamajola Week, I think it was back then, under 19, you you have to be in a school. Yeah. And I sort of said, but I finished school. <laughs> um, and they said, well, unfortunately, those are the rules. So then I, I had to make a decision. I, I I had one or two schools that that said, listen, you can you can register for one subject, and you don't have to come to school. You can just play uh, under our badge as, as such. And <laughs> yeah, and and eventually, um, one of the schools that that we came in contact with, the Dion Buertas, was at Afis. Um, and, and he spoke to me and, and he said, listen, yeah, you can come play for us, but unfortunately we don't do it like those schools do. You'll have to, you'll have to be in school. And mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously when, when, which you, is right, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose. But, but when you finish school, uh, when you've done your, your yeah, you've got to do it all over again. You don't want to really go back. So, <laughs> yeah. But I, I made a decision and myself and my dad, he actually pushed me in that direction because of, Dion Buertas, he worked with Fuff, with AB, with Jock Riddle, Fano Kuhn, all those types of guys. And he, he was a really good reference for me um, in terms of where, where I was at that stage in my career and where I needed to be. And yeah, I decided to, to sacrifice that one year of going to school. So I went to school every day, <laughs> sat in the class. Um, luckily, most of the 
teachers understood my situation, so they didn't put too much pressure on me to to do a lot of the work. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So I spent that extra year of school to 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 basically play play cricket for Aussies and and play under Dion Bertus, which uh, yeah, in hindsight, uh, I had a really good year. I broke a few records there. And um, oh, really? What kind of records were those? Uh, it was. Most runs in a in a year for a for a Afi's batter and most wow, I mean that's a school that had AB yeah AB de Villiers and Fuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty so, good guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so it was a really good year, and I think a lot of cricket credits had to go to Dion Bertus and and Billy Brown, who were the first team coaches there. And yeah, my my, my game really improved there, and I ended up yeah making the Northern on the nineteen side, which which was the main goal. Yeah, and I mean that, that obviously worked out well for you. Did you have to do exams again as well, even though you had your matric already? I did enter one or two exams. I, to be honest with you, I didn't spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> but I think one, I think if I remember correctly, one one new subject that I took was economics, which which uh, I did quite well in. I sort of had to catch up three years of work in one year. So wow. I decided, listen, if I'm going to be at school, sit at school, sit in class anyway, I might as well try and. To one or two extra subjects, but it worked out well. In a weird way, that's kind of a metaphor for your career. You had to wait to to get to the right age to play, uh, you know, for Northerns under 19s, even though you were ready, and and because of circumstances. And in some ways, your your professional career has gone like that. You, you kind of had to mature yourself as a player and and wait your turn in the you know, to get your chance, you know. Just take us through a little bit of that sort of journey to to get to where did you go immediately after your your Afis experience? You went into the northern setup. Yeah, I think it's something that's actually repeated itself throughout my career. After I finished school there, um, I did had a decent under nineteen week, but um, I didn't make SA schools, which again was a, another disappointment. And then I I, I went to the Sports School of Excellence uh, Cricket Academy, which these days. They're the Titans Academy, yeah. uh, obviously coming from Pretoria side. Uh, I played there and I played for Pretoria High School Old Boys Club Cricket. I played there since, since the age of 15 and that was a massive um, development in, in my in my career as well. You know, playing with men, uh, playing with guys who played first class cricket there. Uh, I, I, myself being 15, 16 years of age, playing with guys like Justin Kemp and Maurice Orenstam and those types of guys, Aino Kuhn, Rula van der Merwe. Um, and um, yeah, but after school, the academy uh, coached by, by Mark Charlton and Chris Cardoso, which you know I'm still good friends with to this day, and, and Chris is, is is my agent. Um, and yeah, my my sort of game developed under them. Uh, I think a year later, I made my my first class debut for Northern, um, and and played for them for I think two two seasons or so, maybe maybe three two and a half three seasons. And at that time, the yeah the Titans team was. Was actually, it was very, it was a very strong and settled team that got, they had guys like A.B. Fuff, uh, Jock Rudolph, Heiner Kuhn, uh, Martin van Jarsfeld when I started, Blake Sneeman, Peter Malan, you know, so it was a, it was a long way in for a, for a young batter. Yeah. And, uh, I eventually, you know, I had to make a call to, to leave, even though I'm a very loyal, uh, person, um, you know, and, and Growing up, I just wanted to play for the Titans. That was that was my main goal. Um, I had to leave yeah. uh, and go to Northwest. And, and Monty Jacobs was the coach there at the time. And he said, you know, I didn't have a that, that season that I left here. I didn't get a contract here for Northerns. And you know, I sort of was at the age of 20, 21, needing to look at where where am I actually going with with my career. And, and Monty Jacobs at, at Northwest and Jock Fall was the CEO 
uh, at Northwest then. <laughs> uh, yeah, small world actually yeah. said to me, listen, we, we, we can't give you any sort of uh, payment or compensation, but we can give you a room to stay in. <laughs> um, so if you want to come to Potch, you know, there's a room and there's a bed for you. And, and then we can see what happens if you, you're going to have to start with club cricket. And if you do well there, you can get into the Northwest side. And, and yeah, I packed everything in my car. And one morning, and I and I left, and I went to Poch, and um, yeah, I started playing for for Puck, the Northwest University, and started playing for their second team, um, one or two games, and I did quite well. And then for their first team, and and uh, I think a month or a month and a half later, Northwest uh, picked me in their team, and I suppose the rest is history. What were your expectations? Were you coming as a Red Bull four-day player, or were you? Uh, an ODI specialist because I, I thought I read somewhere early in your career you were seen as more of a, a, a red ball player rather than a, a white ball player. Uh, so what were your expectations when you got to Northwest? Yeah, that, that was it's good you brought it up because I actually forgot about that. It's one of the big reasons I left here at Northerns is they said yeah they see me as a red ball player and the, the coach of the Titans back then Matt Maynard he he said to me listen you you can stay we you might get a few games. In, in the four-day competition, um, but but my Northerns coach back then, Malibongwe Maketa, who was also assistant coach last year at the World Cup, you know, he said to me, "Listen, um, because of all the players we have, Northerns obviously a very strong union. There's so many good players, especially at that time." He said, "Listen, your your opportunities are predominantly going to be in the red ball." And I said, "Listen, but I I feel I can. Uh, I'm a white ball player as well. I, I've got that side of my game." Uh, maybe at that time I, it wasn't good enough to to play at, at provincial level and, and at franchise level, but it's definitely white ball cricket is definitely something that I wanted to to pursue and and that's one of the big big reasons I left because cricket is like anything I suppose you you can't do much if you don't get the opportunity. You, know, mm. you can do as much as you can do to to try and get yourself that opportunity, but if if other people don't see that that potential they, they're not going to give you that opportunity and, and then there's, there's not much else for you to do so i knew i needed just the opportunity and that's why i sort of sacrificed and went to northwest because at least they said to me listen if you do well you'll get opportunity mm. if, if you earn it you you, you you you'll play white ball cricket you'll play red ball cricket and, and that's sort of all i all i needed to hear was there one particular knock or maybe one particular sequence of innings where where you felt people started noticing you that you felt, okay, you know, I'm good enough to belong here. Was was there any one thing or series of things? Uh, I think that whole season, uh, I played for Northwest that, that whole full season, which um, just for, for people not sure how the structures work, it's, so so you get obviously the pro tiers and under that is the franchise system, which mm. the Lions, the Titans, you know, the six franchises, under them, each franchise has a few provincial teams under them. So so the Lions, for example, is, is Gauteng and then Northwest. So, um, I played for Northwest, uh, the level below, below franchise cricket. And, um, that, that whole season, I think a lot of credit again has to go to Monty Jacobs. He allowed me to express myself and, and play a lot more fluently. Uh, I remember there, there was one match the Lions were preparing for, for the Champions League in 2013 or 12. It might have been one of those years. Yeah. And they came and did a training camp there at Poch. And they obviously needed some teams to play against. So, so the Northwest Dragons team uh, played against them. Um, so I played against the Lions. This was now a week before Champions League because that Champions League was in South Africa. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, the guys like Alvira Peterson, Neil McKenzie, um, Cliffy Deacon, Dwayne Pretorius, uh, they were uh, Tommy Tolekile, Pangiso. They were a really good side. They actually made it to the final of the Champions League that year. Yeah. And uh, this was sort of their final warm-up match going into the tournament. We were chasing, I remember, and and they made around 180 or so. And they said, yeah, let's let's let's, let's put ourselves under pressure. But then your your guys' target is about 160, 155, 160. So um, I went out and I made a hundred in that game in the T20 match, and you know, coming from wow. the stigma of being a Red Bull player at Northern, so a few months later making a T20 hundred against the Lions, and Jeff Toyana came to me after that match and he said, "Yeah, he's obviously really impressed by how I went about it, and yeah, that that following season I, I debuted, made my debut for the Lions." You know, and that's sport, isn't it? It's it's littered with like moments for sportsmen to to take that opportunity and they sometimes come out of strange places like that warm-up match yeah. against the Lions, you know, for, for them, you know, it wasn't a, an official match. It probably wasn't on the calendar a few months earlier, but there you were, right place, right time, did your bit. Yeah. <clears throat> then you get to the Lions, you know, and eventually we'll get to it. Now your, your international cricket, you do the same thing. You sort of take your opportunity. But but there were quite, quite a lot of years, you know, you're at the Lions, you, you're toiling away, you know, you're scoring runs, you, you accumulate a lot of runs in first-class cricket, but you, you're not getting a look in uh, – was there any, you know, moment of frustration you're going through? You're doing well in competitions. You're doing your bit by scoring runs. Of course, the South African side was pretty strong at that point when AB and Fafford yeah. and Hashim Amla were still playing in the batting lineup. Jacques Cullis even towards the end of his career. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of look in there. But did you ever get frustrated and go, oh, geez, is this the level I'm going to be stuck at forever? Yeah. I think in that time, you know, there was definitely I was, again, you know, I, I had that dream of, of playing South Africa, obviously, and moving on. And and, and I had a few good seasons at the Lions, and, and eventually, I'm, I was, look, I was realistic in saying that, you know, the, the batting lineup there was, was AB, Hashim, uh, Faf, Quinny. Uh, it was it was a really settled lineup at that stage. But but I sort of thought that I that I had done enough to at least get a look in at, at the SAA level. Yeah. And and eventually yeah, and and I sort of always got overlooked there. So about I think three seasons ago, I'm not sure if it's two yeah, three seasons ago I was a leading run scorer um in the four day competition and actually domestically I made the most runs in the country that season and and I I phoned Vincent Barnes, which he was the pipeline manager at CSA and I asked him, Listen, can I come Come see you. I just wanna just wanna have a chat. Um, and he said, "Yeah, come in." And, and I went there and I and I said and I said to him, "I just want to know. Listen, I feel like I've done a lot. I've I've done well. I've done all that I could. Does CSA see anything in me? Do they realistically think that I have a future of playing for SAA or, or playing for the Pro Tiers? And and you can be honest with me. You can say." Yes, or you, if 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 not, just just tell me. It, it will be okay. I'll, I'll continue to do what I can do, and you know I'm playing cricket for a living, franchise cricket. So it's it's still you know living the dream as a professional sportsman. But but just tell me because. And he said no, definitely they 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 they're obviously noticing performances, and I've I've done really well, and they're looking at me, and and I sort of walked out of there thinking, well, at at least at least you know. They are noticing me, and and yeah. I think later later on that year I got picked for SAA going to India. Was there any temptation to go the cold pack route, go and play, uh, try and qualify for another country at at any point? Because of my Dutch heritage, there there was always a, a, a possible route for me to take there. But from early on, 
you know, I'm a very patriotic person and I love our country and, and I love our people and, and everything that, that goes with it. And from early on, I, I said to whoever told me, agents, uh, whatever, listen, there's maybe a possible route for you to go uh, play for Holland and then play county cricket. And I said, listen, my, my goal, my dream is to play for South Africa. So up until I know that that can't happen anymore, I'm not even going to consider that. So I never, never really allowed myself to explore that option, and 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 I I, I never will. Colpac, you know, nothing, nothing. I don't even know if a Colpac's going to exist anymore. It's not something that that I would would ever consider uh, or ever look at because for for me the pinnacle is, is playing for your country and and as a cricketer and as a sportsman and and as a patriotic person, I wanna I wanna be there with with a protein on my chest winning games for, for South Africa. So there were some options, but uh, I didn't ever actually give any thoughts to it. And then the chance came. I mean, it, was it a T20 first or was it an ODI call-up first in the national T20, team? T20, T20 against yeah. Zimbabwe. Okay, and uh, you did reasonably well in those. Yeah. <laughs> 50 on debut. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good few months for me there because I first went to the uh, global T20 in Canada sort of as a wild card. I got picked there for the Vancouver Knights and that tournament was, in June, June, July, somewhere there. Um, and I went there as an unknown. Donovan Miller was the coach there. Um, and and he picked me, uh, again, as a wild card. I didn't have any base price. I was picked pretty late in the draft, and it sort of came out of nowhere. But there I had the opportunity to, to play against world-class names. I mean, a few Aussies, David Warner, Steve Smith. Uh, but I played with Chris Gale, Andre Russell, Tim Savvy, guys that were in my team, um, Sunil Narayan. There was, there was, <laughs> it must have been good. Yeah, no, there was there was a, a lot of big names there, and I was an unknown player in the team. And Donovan Miller took took a chance on me. I, I ended up being, I think, the second second leading run scorer in the tournament. And wow, who was the leading run scorer? <laughs> I think Lendell Simmons from the from the West Indies. Yeah. So, so you outscored the Steve Smith and Chris Gale, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. I suppose <laughs> it was a fairly good accomplishment. So. And then we, we won the final and I was not out there in the final chasing down the score. And Donovan spoke to me afterwards. He said he also coaches the St. Kitts and Nevis Patriots in, in the Caribbean Premier League. Would I be interested to, to come join them? And and I said, well, yeah, obviously, you know, mm. at that stage, definitely. And um, and I went to the Caribbean, played there, uh, did quite well. We unfortunately, I think, lost in the final. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we lost in the final. But but again, I did quite well there. And later on, Otis Gibson, who was Protea's coach at that time, said he watched those those matches and and he he just thought to himself he, he needs to get me involved. So I was actually in the Caribbean when when Linda's only phoned me and and said uh, I've been I've been chosen in the squad for South Africa, which you know you 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 spend a lot of time in your life wondering how or where. Or if that call is going to come, and yeah, yeah, then debuting against Zimbabwe in East London, uh, made a fifty. We won the game. Uh, my two, my two best friends and, and my wife flew down in the afternoon <laughs> because we only heard the team at about lunchtime. Yeah, standing, singing the anthem for the first time, and and uh, seeing my wife arrive there with with her little suitcase. She was just in time, <laughs> and uh, obviously, like like I mentioned earlier, she's been with me since since the days that I've. Had nothing. So yeah. eight to ten years later, making my debut and seeing it, it was yeah, really special. Fantastic. And uh, well, let's just quickly go back. You make ninety three on debut against uh, Pakistan, eighty in your second match. So you're flying, and then you, as you say, you get all the way into the World Cup. 
the World Cup campaign was obviously not a great one for South Africa. It was difficult for a lot of reasons. Actually, I've, I've written a big sort of piece in Daily Maverick months ago about it, mm. you know, all the difficulties that surrounded that. And, you know, a lot of players were injured going into it, and that's got nothing to do with you. You did your bit. Yeah, I guess it, you're playing at a World Cup in England must be one of the great moments in your life. But at the same time, it was such a difficult campaign. What was your perspective perspective of campaign? It's it's the biggest occasion in in world cricket. So you get there and, and you realize it straight away. The whole the whole country there's a whole art around it, and it's everything that you think a World Cup would be. Uh, so so for me, it was it was a next the next challenge in in my career. Uh, up, up up until then, I played all my matches for South Africa. I played them at home yeah. in conditions that I knew really well, having played first class cricket here for ten years. And the next challenge was to, to now do it on the inter, on, on the biggest international stage. And I think you know, as you as you move up through through the levels and and through difficult or or more pressurized situation, the fundamentals stay the same. So I knew that my challenge was to to keep doing what what I have been doing, even even though it's a world stage. And then the first match was against England. Um, a lot of expectation on them, obviously. Uh, justified because they won, um, uh, and and I got a fifty there, which you know was was a really good start to the tournament for me. I Just know. on that innings, though, hmm. did you face Jofra Archer that day? Because he 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 sort of hit Tasha Bumla on the head that day. He was yeah. really he was really quick that day. Did you did you face him? Yeah, yeah. He actually got me out eventually. Okay. Uh, he bowled me a bouncer, which I which I tried to pull, and and I ended up hitting straight up. How quick is he? <laughs> no, he's he's really quick. He's he's quite. Deceptive mm. in terms of he's, he's one of those guys. I think that you you have to get used to him, and as soon as you get get used to him, it, it becomes a little bit easier because he his his run up is really really laid back and slow almost, and then everything just happens in the crease where a lot of guys who bowl really fast. If you think about a guy like Anish Nokia or or even a guy like Mark Wood who, who's mm. bowled really fast in the in the Test series now, they they run in really fast and hard. And you sort of expect the ball to come out at a yeah. serious velocity, whereas Jofra Archer looks like he's on a Sunday afternoon jog <laughs> uh, when he's running in, and and then all of a sudden the the ball's coming at you at 150 k's an hour, which that's that's quite tricky when you when you're not used to it, and that's I think that's also why you rushed uh, Ashim there. Um, it's obviously the first time we came up against him. Yeah, it was massive for them in the World Cup, and I think. It's, it worked out perfectly for them because they they changed their rules to get him into the team. Yeah, and he was an unknown. He was an unknown entity to to the whole the international circuit. Then you come home, uh, and now it's late 2019. There's all sorts of goings on at SA Crickets, and you know media getting banned, and the whole thing sort of falling apart at boardroom yeah. boardroom level. But you you sort of in your playing bubble, and you get selected with Mark Boucher as the new coach for for the England series, and. Uh, just take us through that sort of. Uh, when when did you find out you were going to play against England in the first test at at your old stomping ground of Centurion? Yeah, yeah. I think um, just just to go back a little bit, when I came back from India, I knew that I was close to the test team mm. or, or close to the the test squad, and there were two four day games. One was against the Knights in Kimberley, and one was against I think the Dolphins in at at the Wanderers. There were two four day games, and I knew that if I could. Get some sort of score in those matches that, you know, because people are talking now, you know, Rassi, shouldn't he be in the test squad? You know, he's done well for the Lions. And I knew that 
I, I need to. This is an opportunity for me to. I, I need to do well in these two matches, just to just to keep keep in the back of the mind that listen, I'm I'm putting the performances in. I'm still vying for that test spot. So, first match in, in Kimberley, I, I think I got a 70 or an 80 in the second innings, and which I was disappointed not to get a hundred there because I mean 70s and 80s. They didn't really get you noticed. Yeah. Uh, and then coming to the Wanderers on a on a really difficult uh, pitch against the Dolphins, I, I managed to make 150, and that was a that was a really big uh, match and innings for me because it was I think it sort of almost prepared me to to go into Test cricket because there, there's not the pressure of the crowds and the cameras, but but there was I certainly put the pressure on myself to to. To, to do well in this in this match and um luckily I could I mean I'm, yeah. oh, that was the last red bull game before before the the following test series so and and after that you know I, I knew again I was in a situation where where luckily I had done everything from my side and if I get picked now I get picked if I don't get picked you know it's so be it at least I know that I've done everything from my side then making test debut against England at at Centurion I mean there was a whole story about it because Ten years before that, at that exact fixture, South Africa versus England, I was a change room attendant, oh, really? and and that's the first time I actually met Graham Smith, Cullis, Boucher, and and see how all those guys went about their business in the change room. <laughs> and now they were all your coaches and hierarchs. Yeah, <laughs> and um, like you said, it's it's a lot of moments in a, in a career that make up that old story. Making my debut, yeah, I live about five minutes from from Supersport Park, oh, wow. which is the ultimate in Test cricket against a massive team in England with with a massive army army presence. And yeah. We won that first test, got off to a great start. You scored 50 in the second innings? Yeah, so, so really special, special few days close to home. Uh, my, my whole family was there and, and my brothers were on the grass embankment abusing the English players. And, yeah, great <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> and um, well, the rest of the series was, was a little difficult, but uh, I mean, you scored 68 in the first innings in Cape Town, but I think the second innings, you guys were set 460 odd to win the match, which was impossible. Um, but you and Peter Milan in particular, I mean, Peter Milan spent six hours at the crease for 80 odd. You, you spent over three hours at the crease for 17, which, yeah. you know, that's the beauty of test cricket. If you just look at a scorecard, you go 17. Well, that's not, you know, 17 is not much, but yeah. in the context of that game, yeah. you guys got to within half an hour of batting out five sessions to save it. I mean, how big was that 17 in, in some ways for you? Yeah, it's, it, it was. And, and if you look at Peter, Peter is a good friend of mine and, we come from Northern's days together, and and he had a similar, similar actually story and, and career path to me. Yeah, uh, where he had to leave to to Western Province to to get opportunities and and play for them for two three seasons and really bang the door down to get to the Cobras and and then again really bang the door down to get to get a test spot. Um, so for us that that was it was yeah for me it was really special and I think to him as well because we. We followed each other's careers very closely, obviously having started playing together and becoming good friends. Firstly, starting out being rivals, you know, these two guys competing for, for spots and, and eventually playing together and becoming really good friends. Um, and, and following each other's careers, uh, and, and knowing that there's another guy who is at to take the, the hard road. You know, it's nothing was, was given to him and nothing. I I know from first-hand experience how, how hard he had to work um, yeah. um, to 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 get that spot. And and 
and there we were out in the middle and and I think he said in a press conference afterwards, you know, they asked him about pressure and he said, you know, pressure pressure is a, is a privilege. I mean, that's to him, that wasn't pressure. To him, pressure is, is batting out there for, for Western Province or for Northwest in my case or for Northerns and, and not knowing where where your next uh, paycheck is going to come from, knowing that yeah. if you fail in this innings, there's someone else that's going to maybe take your spot and, and take your contract for the next year and, and then you're not, you're not going to have an income. And that, that, that's that's the pressure we had, you know, moving through the ranks. And yeah. I, I mean, the same for, for, for franchise cricket and, and we were out there, and yes, we yeah, we just love the fight, and mm. uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done it with anyone else because again, we we know each other well, and we know the paths that we've we've had to, the sacrifices we've had to make to get there, and now the the pressure of say, trying to save a match for our country was was the privilege of of trying to save our match uh, for our country, and and he unfortunately went out second new ball to to a ball that that he should have left, and and I mean I went out in a freak way, caught leg slip. Of Stuart Broad yeah. um, to to say that match would have been yeah really special. But um, you know we we learnt a lot and uh, it's one of seventeen like you said, but took about three three and a half hours mm. of real fight with about fifteen thousand Barmy Army members <laughs> uh, singing and yeah it actually felt like an away game but it was really special innings. And now I mean that could have changed the course of the series if you guys had got the draw there you'd have been one 0 going into the third test which would have put all the pressure on England but it wasn't the case yeah. they ended up winning the next two but quickly the Wanderers I mean one of the great arenas in cricket I grew up watching cricket there and it's it's a special place and yeah. it always looks like a special place to bat because I think it always looks like a fair contest between bat and ball at the Wanderers like great outfield yeah. you get rewarded for your shots but there's a bit in it for the fast bowlers usually but you scored 98 in the second innings I think Faf Duplessis your captain described it. He said if he had got to 100, it would have been one of the great innings. How, I mean, for a start, getting 98 is fantastic. But, you know, it's cricket being the funny game. It is two runs means the world of difference in, in this context. How, how devastating was it not getting the 100 as well? It, 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 it was. It obviously still has because as it is, I haven't scored 100 for, for South Africa. I've got three 90s, mm. two one day and, and one test now. It It was... Not devastating. It was it was disappointing. I, I remember at the start of that innings, I got it back in the first in the first innings. Mm. So at the start of that innings, I was I was under pressure. There was a lot of lot of um, focus on on our batting lineup and and the fact that we haven't done well, we haven't scored, and scoring a duck in the first innings for me didn't help that cause. I'm sure the English players reminded you as well, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, they didn't let up for one second and. And and I got it. Chris Wokes was bowling, and I I got hit on the pad, and umpire gave it out. And I thought to myself immediately as he gave it out, because the problem is all you need then is umpires. Well, you just need the ball to to touch the bales on 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 the yeah. on the referral, and and then you're gone. And I thought immediately to myself, this umpire. I play at the Wanderers. I know that the ball. There's not a lot of LBWs at the Wanderers the ball bounces too much mm -hmm. and I thought to myself I can't believe he gave me out because I don't think that's out but the referral is probably going to show that it's maybe just a millimeter clipping the mm -hmm. clipping the, the bail and then I'm going to have to be out and then I'll have a pair because yeah. uh, I was on zero at the time and um, I think I can't remember I think Dean was in with me and I said listen I've, I have to I have to try to refer this I know 
you know, coming, it's your first series, you don't want to use up the reviews or, you know, Fuff's still coming in, Quinny's still coming in. And I sent it upstairs and luckily my, my gut instinct was right. It went over the top and I was not out. And, um, and from there, you know, it's, I, I sort of got one or two boundaries away and it started becoming a lot more, uh, a lot more, more fluent. I was, there was a lot of, Criticism coming my way of the way I played spin in the previous test, especially from, from guys like Nasser Hussain and Kevin Peterson, who, you know, you've, at the best of times, you've got to take, um, what commentators say with a, with a piece of pinch of salt, but, <laughs> and I, I didn't feel that all of their criticism was, was justified. I, I even in PE, Nasser did a, did a whole section of, of me, how I'm, how wrong I am in playing spin. Um, for, for, for Sky Sports. Yeah, I remember watching that. Yeah, and, and, uh, <laughs> what the camera maybe didn't show was I was right behind the cameraman there listening to what. Yeah, yeah, I think they did actually show a cutaway of yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just, just to, not that, not that uh, at that stage, obviously we had, we had pouch colors, you know, that, that, those were my references in terms of batting. I didn't go there to, to necessarily, try and pick NASA's brain, I went there to, you know, it's easy, it's easy to criticize. So just, just wanted to show him that, you know, if you want to criticize me, then, then come, you know, do it, do it to my face. Don't, don't, I'm going to stand here. So if you want to criticize me, criticize me now, then, then do it, do it in the commentary box. And then when you see me wherever at the ground and then try and, try and be friendly and say, well played. But, um, yeah, the the next yeah, obviously going back to that Wanderers innings, uh, they didn't play a spinner. Joe Root came on, and I know at the Wanderers spin, uh, in general, you you can take on, especially in Red Bull cricket. And I decided, listen, this is it now. You know, I've been criticised heavily, and not that it's played too much on my mind, but but I know I can play spin. I can play spin well, and um, Joe Root is a part-time spinner, and he got me out in P, and I and I just thought to myself. You know, I'm not going to let you bowl to me. This is my home ground. Um, you think this, he probably thought that I was going to be in my shower again and defend him, and and kind of took him for about 30 runs and two overs. <laughs> which, um, and then yeah, he had to go back to the seamers, and ever since there, yeah, it was really fluent innings. Um, unfortunately, I got out the ball, just bounced a lot more than I thought. I ended up hitting it on the splice and. Again, the free catch to to Stuart Broad at at like a weird catching mid off position. So yeah, it's a bit bizarre. So yeah, but like I said, in hindsight, I, I probably could have been out on on zero. Yeah. So you know, it was it was still a good innings. And again, you you wake up in the morning and and you realize you're going to play a test match and a, and a test innings for your country, and you can't ask for more much more than that. Yeah. Well, Rassi van Dissen, thank you so much for joining us today on the Maverick Sports Podcast. This podcast is made possible by our Maverick Insiders. Please consider becoming part of our Maverick Insider community, where for a nominal fee every month, you are supporting quality independent journalism. You also get some cool benefits, such as Uber vouchers when the coronavirus pandemic subsides, and engagement with our journalists thrown in. Please go to dailymaverick.co.za forward slash insider to sign up and become part of the Maverick Insider community. Also remember to sign up to our Maverick Sports newsletter, which hits your inbox on a Monday, and never miss another podcast by signing up via your favorite platform. I'm Craig Gray. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Yeah.